Hey guys, it's Kim. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this week's episode of the My Lips Aren't Sealed podcast. I am in such a good mood because I just finished interviewing an awesome podcast guest, Courtney Claghorn, who is the co-founder and president of Sugared and Bronzed. It was so inspiring chatting with her about her entrepreneurship journey, her life, and just really getting to know her better as a person. So You guys are going to love this episode. I'm really, really excited for it. Before we jump into that, I wanted to remind you guys, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please make sure to rate me five stars and to click that follow button. And if you're watching on YouTube, give me a thumbs up and click that subscribe button. Per usual, we are going to first get started with highlights and lowlights. Highlights. Starting off with highlights, this past week has been insane. Vlogmas 2022 started. If you guys don't know what that is, Vlogmas is basically 25 days straight where I upload a daily vlog to my YouTube channel. I'm doing some Christmas activities and just kind of giving you guys more insight into my life and what I do. And it's been really fun. But it's also been like so, so much work. I've been up till like 1 or 2 a.m. every night editing my content. And to be honest, not getting very many views because I'm brand new to YouTube and uh, really just starting to grow up, grow my account. That said, if you're new to a social media platform and you are seeing all these other creators who have hundreds of thousands of followers and you're like, I'll never get there. One day you will. You just have to put the time and energy into creating that content and one day you can get there. I mean, I started my Instagram account in 2019. I'm almost at 100K, not there just yet. And then I started my TikTok in 2020, doing really well on that. On YouTube, I think I just hit like 3,600 followers on or subscribers on YouTube. And that doesn't really seem like a lot of followers. And I'm only getting like 100-ish views per video. But everybody starts from somewhere. And I think I just wanted to put that reminder out there for you guys because it can be so easy to jump into the social media world or any career really and to compare yourself to somebody who's been doing it for years. So don't do that. I'm trying not to do that. I'm very happy with the content I'm creating for Vlogmas. It's been so much fun to, you know, record my whole day and show you guys what I do and how I spend my time. And if you guys are interested, I would love if you guys could look me up on YouTube, Kimberly Cobb, click that subscribe button, leave a comment. I have like no comments on my videos right now which again is totally fine, but I just want to make sure you guys are liking what I'm posting. But at the end of the day, what matters is that I like what I'm posting and I do, and it's been really, really fun. So that's why it is highlight number one. Highlight number two and three are two events that I went to over the weekend. So I went to Miracle on Fifth Street in downtown Austin. It was a Christmas themed pop-up bar and I'm pretty sure it lasts like the whole month of December, but you have to buy tickets. Uh, I think they were about $15. The drinks are pricey when you get in there too, but it is so freaking cute. If you guys are interested, I think it's Vlogmas Day 1. 
or day two that I posted it, but the cutest bar ever. They have like a whole ski lodge inside. They have an upstairs. Everything's decorated to the nines, like Santa's sleigh. You get get a free shot when you go in. Um, I'm not drinking right now, so I didn't get the shot, but it was so, so cute. The other event I went to was my friend Kat's birthday party. So she just turned 24. She's a baby, but she has like a very old soul and is a very genuine person. I met her earlier this year at an influencer event, and I'm really glad we've been able to connect and grow our friendship. I have such a busy life, so I haven't been able to see her as often, but I feel really grateful that she invited me to her party. It was Frank Sinatra themed. She had a Frank Sinatra singer. Her home was decorated so gorgeous, and I got to meet a lot of her other friends too, and they were all so sweet. So it was really, really fun. I have been, as you guys know, really battling with my anxiety and depression lately. So part of me was like, I can't, like, I can't go to this uh, birthday party. Like I'm going to have a panic attack. Who, what if I don't know anybody there, which, you know, uh, you know, these are obvious fears, but I was like, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and try to have a good time. And I did. And I'm so, so glad that I went. My last highlight, my interview with Courtney Claghorn. It was so awesome. Again, she's so special and cool. You guys are really going to enjoy the rest of this episode. And it was really fun having her as a guest. As for my lowlights, honestly, a pretty good week. I'm still missing my mom, of course. Um, Chat with her a lot. And she started her new treatment plan for her cancer. And so I've been trying to check in on her more often and just see how how she's doing. Um, It's still really hard though, being far away from her and not being there with her as often as I could in person, but um, keep her in your thoughts and prayers. If you can, I would really, really appreciate it. My other low light is really honestly not a big deal, but (laughs) it's my time of the month and I've been cramping like crazy. I don't know like if it's just um, like stress related, I'm not sure, but I feel like my cramps right now have been worse than ever. And so I've been, you know, I got this really nice heat pad from Amazon in the shape of a sea lion and it's so cute. So I've just been perching up, editing my content and I have my heat pad on and I am good to go. Um, Yeah, those are my two low lights and we will move on to pop culture and current faves. Oh my God, I love your skirt. Where did you get it? Gee, thanks. Just got it. I see it. I like it. I want it. I got it. Starting off with pop culture, I am already on White Lotus season two. I mentioned, I think in last week's episode that I just started season one. I'm already on season two. They're in Italy. There's drama. There's fun. There's Aubrey Plaza, Jennifer Coolidge, Theo James, like such a fire cast. I will say Theo is so freaking hot, you guys. Like he is my dream man. I'm sure many people can relate, but his character makes me hate him so much. It's so triggering to see men just so willing to to cheat and be unfaithful. Like it's, oh, it just makes me so, so mad. Because, uh, you know, in the show, he has this beautiful, perfect wife. Like she is so cute, button nose, perfect body, outgoing, adorable. And even a character like that gets cheated on. And I know it's a show, but it's triggering. That said, I remember saying that season one kind of made me uncomfortable watching because of the music and 
just the situations that the characters are in. And I was listening to the Gals on the Go podcast. I love them, Danielle and Brooke. They have such a good podcast. If you guys haven't listened to it, go check it out. They, I think it was Danielle was chatting about how White Lotus made her feel uncomfortable. Like it's so hard to look away. Like it makes you very uncomfortable, but it's hard to stop watching. And I, I couldn't really, I, I couldn't agree more. Like I, I felt that way watching and I'm glad I'm not the only one, but it's so good. I love, you know, the, the chemistry between all the characters and I definitely recommend watching. I'm pretty sure season two just came out, which I didn't realize, but it's very, very good. And you guys got to watch it. Moving on to current faves. I have two. My first current fave is vlogging. I talked about it earlier. My vlogmas is going very well, but just the act of vlogging, recording these things that I'm doing throughout the day, it's pretty cool to like watch back and you know, it's, it's hard to remember at the end of the week, everything you did and to have it all recorded, then you can watch back and see what you did. It's pretty cool. Like I, I have been living in the Instagram and TikTok world for so long and everything is very uh, short term or curated and with vlogging, it's very natural. And I feel like it can be myself a little bit more basically the visual version of my podcast. Like my podcast, I talk to you guys and tell you about my boy drama and my life and anxiety and, you know, all the things that are going on with my vlog. You can actually see what I'm doing throughout the week. So again, subscribe, go check it out to give me a thumbs up, leave a comment. Uh, and if you want to leave a comment, um, and to show that you came to the video from my podcast, maybe like leave like a little like paw print emoji or something, like something cute to show that you came from the podcast. I think that would be really, really cute. My next current fave is mocktails. So as you guys know, I am sober. I started in my antidepressants and I'm really on this mental health journey right now. And a part of that mental health journey is being sober and it has been very difficult in certain situations to say no to people, like especially going out to the Christmas bar or just going out for happy hour with friends. And yes, it's been challenging, but the the way I feel after a night out when I haven't been drinking is phenomenal. Like I'm still able to be productive. I still went out and had fun with my friends and mocktails are pretty good guys. Like I know that they can be sugary, but it's good to still have a drink and like, look like you're drinking and you're one of the cool kids. But at the pop-up bar, the bartender, uh, made me like a really cute custom mocktail. Cause I told him I wasn't drinking and it made me feel special and it was really sweet. And I was like, do I owe you anything? He's like, no, it's on the house. And that was really, really cute. That wraps up my pop culture and current faves. Pretty short this week, but mostly I'm just excited to jump into the interview with Courtney Claghorn. So with that said, let's jump on in. Hi guys. I am so excited for today's podcast episode. I am joined today by president and co-founder Courtney Claghorn of Sugared and Bronze. She is creating this incredible empire that is seriously, girl, like so, so impressive. I am super excited. I have a service at the end of the month and 
It's going to be my first time. I cannot wait. And I just like personally feel so much more confident when I'm spray tanned. So your business, I'm all about it. In today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with Courtney about herself, her entrepreneurship journey, and more. Courtney, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. And what you just said is literally like why the business exists, because I feel the exact same way. I first just kind of want to start off by letting our listeners get to know you a little bit. So where you're from, where you went to school, where you're living now, and just like anything else you want to share. Yeah. Um, so I, I live in Santa Monica. I've been here for, gosh, quite a while. Um, it's where the business actually started back in late 2010. And, uh, but, you know, that being said, we have obviously locations all over the country. So I'm often traveling and whatnot. I think you're in Austin, right? I'm in Austin. And I yeah. actually used to live in Santa Monica, like near the Third oh. Street Promenade. Look at that. How yeah. Funny. I know. Cool. Yeah. It was back in 2018. So have you been there for a few years? Yeah, I've been in Santa Monica. Yeah, since since I graduated college in two thousand nine, actually. Oh wow! Oh my gosh! Well, I yeah. totally miss Southern California weather, like Austin heat. I moved here last year, and adjusting to this weather from California is honestly a struggle. Like it's. <laughs> have you you've going, been here? Yes, yes. I mean, going anywhere from Southern California can be a struggle, but I love the heat, so I'm not. I, I think that's the one thing I actually miss being in Southern California, but I'm the odd one out on that typically. How often do you come to Austin or travel for your job and just for like leisure? Yeah. I mean, it really just depends. I mean, Austin, you know, obviously we went during when we were looking at real estate in general, I don't know if it was like once or twice. And then, um, and I had been to Austin for leisure as well for some bachelorette parties and whatnot. So it's good. It's really nice when I've been to a city for leisure as well, if I'm looking at commercial real estate there, because you get like a different vibe, you know, you, you get to see it from, you know, an outsider's perspective versus like just like a business person trying to make a decision. But, um, and then actually I was fortunate enough not to have to check in on construction in Austin, which I had to do really up until probably 2020. But now we have someone who's really amazing, Marty, who leads design and development, and she really oversees construction with someone else. And, and so they typically go and see, um, you know, the stores while they're underway, because there's so many things that come up. Um, so I was fortunate enough just to go out for the, you know, grand opening party, which is such a luxury, having been through all the unpacking of so many of the stores, all the construction. Um, I'm like, so excited to be able to go for real estate and a grand opening. Like it feels a little surreal still because it's still pretty new. Yeah. I can only imagine. And congrats. We'll chat Thanks. more in a little bit about your Austin location, but such an accomplishment. It's seriously so, so impressive. As I said earlier, backtracking a little bit, I do want to get a little background about how you started Sugared and Bronze, when you started it. I did a little research on you, so I already know the gist of your story, but I'm sure our listeners would love to know about your journey and how you started. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was like really what you said right at the very beginning. Like, I just feel better when I'm tan. Um, I feel like more confident, you know, so I've always loved that. Um, and in college, you know, when I would get a spray tan, it was relatively affordable. I was just school in Boulder and and when I moved to Santa Monica, when I got my first job out of college, 
it, it was really expensive. Like anywhere I looked in LA. So and I was expensive. Like, yes. It's so nutty. I mean, look, the cost of living here is more than Boulder, but Boulder is not like Timbuktu. Like it's still like the real estate there is still pretty high. Like it shouldn't have been like double or triple the cost. Like that, that just didn't make sense to me. So I was honestly like complaining to my then boyfriend, now husband, because that's what I do best is complain to him when something isn't going my way. And um, I always, you know, joke that my good Jewish boyfriend was like, let's just turn this complaint into a business. And that's honestly kind of how it was born. It was just like, he was like, there's obviously a need in the market for this. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm sitting here telling you about it. And so we sort of did some research and you know, we realized no one had a good website. Like the websites were, looked like they were from the nineties. And we're like, if we can just have a good website, which he was a pretty techie kid. And I was always willing to learn anything quickly. So, you know, we kind of like, just like, let's have a classy website. Like, let's start there. And it was born out of our apartment, which is so crazy. I would like run back and forth between my job, um, which was fortunately in Santa Monica and sort of spray tan people like at lunch or after work. I'm working at the same time as yeah. you're starting Sugared and Bronzed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Good for you. Also, I, I love you. the the dynamic you and your boyfriend at the time created. Would you say getting started in a new business with the boyfriend, like real talk, I've heard it's, it can be really difficult or really awesome, like working with their partner or friend or sibling or family member. What were kind of the challenges and the benefits of doing so with your partner? And what advice would you have for somebody who's considering doing the same? Yeah, it's really difficult and awesome, uh, I would say, <laughs> both. And often at the same in the same day, at the same hour, like it's it's all of the above. And we were we were young. We were like 23. Oh my and God. we'd only been together for a couple of years because we were young. So even then, you know, I think having been together for two years felt like a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but my advice would be find time to like separate the two. Like it's great that, it, you know, you, you ultimately like find times you just like want to talk about it in your free time, especially if the business is growing because it's exciting, but you also have to be prepared for when it's the times aren't so exciting and to really be able to like disconnect and compartmentalize just really hard. And sometimes we still struggle with that. So I'm not saying I have it all figured out, but in the times that we are able to do that, our relationship is, is better Um, and then I would say, you know, find someone that you're willing to take feedback from and give feedback to without it becoming a fight, because that can really be the most valuable piece, the brutally honest feedback, but you can't take it like personally, you can't make it part of your relationship problems. You know, it needs to be like, you know, if your graphic design work sucks and that's what you're working on or you're trying to work on. And so he's going to tell you, or, you know, she's going to tell you like, deal with it, make it better. You know, don't be like, I'm mad at you all day. Like then if you're that kind of person in a relationship, it's, it's just not going to work to work with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say like, make sure your strengths are opposite or certainly not the same, because if you kind of really excel in the same areas when it comes to business, you might not be the best partner be partners because you weren't able to divide and conquer. So, you know, opposites usually att- attract typically. And so a lot of times naturally your strengths and weaknesses will be a little bit different. Um, but I would just do a quick check on that before starting a business with someone that you're dating. Honestly, that's such good advice. 
based on the experiences you and your now husband had, can you think of a specific time that you guys did disagree on something? And how did you guys end up solving that? Oh my God, every day. I mean, we still, <laughs> we'll still disagree on a real estate decision or how to handle uh, managing someone out or in. Um, I mean, they come so fast and furious. Like, I mean, I, to think of an example, I just have to think back to like last week. I mean, it's really challenging. I, I feel like too, because we're equal partners, there's not really someone who gets like the final vote. And so sometimes it's just whoever ends up caring like a little bit less. <laughs> Back off. Um, sometimes that works. Uh, it could just be the person who's like more tired, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes it's just finding a compromise. And I'd say that probably happens the most naturally. Um, but that can be a fight between us for sure. Uh, we, I don't know. We both come from divorced parents. Like I, I'm Italian. I'm used to just kind of like loud people and disagree. Like, so to me, I don't really, I'm not someone who like avoids confrontation. Like I'm very comfortable with it and you know, he is too. So I don't think it bothers us so much, but yeah, I mean, that's probably another thing to check on. Like if you're someone who doesn't like confrontation, probably not good to start a business with the person you're dating because the disagreements like are nonstop because if you both have the same goal in mind, like hopefully and you're on the same page, you can work it out. I feel like I hear my couple's therapist like talking to us, like you guys are both wanting the same thing. It's like, how are you getting there? You know? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, there's no easy answer really. Yeah. I can only imagine how, how challenging that must be too, but I do agree that finding that compromise is really, really valuable. I'm very upfront too. So if I were to go into a business with a partner, I think it's so good just to put everything on the table and have a conversation about it rather than, Some people might be more passive about their opinions. And at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, it is a business and you can't, you can't do that. It's not going to work. Kind of shifting gears a little bit. I am so fascinated by the actual day to day of what you do. So I'd love to hear more about that from a business perspective. And also like looking back on your past experiences, let me know if you have any funny stories like that you experience when you first started out or any anything wild you can share with us? Oh my goodness. Oh, there's been so many things, but I mean, it's been a long run, you know, it's been like, is it 11, 12 years? Um, yeah, 12 years. And let me um, say, you don't look old enough to have like a 12 year old business. Like you uh, look incredible. Well, thank you. It's probably the Botox. Um, <laughs> um, well, thank you. But we did start when we were very young, which I think ignorance is bliss sometimes. But our day to day, it always it has always changed. It kind of feels like I think it's the Peter principle. Like once we became proficient in something, we're like moving on to the next thing. So it always sort of feels like we don't know what we're doing because you know at the beginning I had to learn how to like spray tan and I didn't know how to do that. And then it was like, yeah, of course I made sure I was good at it before we took clients. But you know, I did that for the first. I don't know, year and a half. Also, kind of like doing the small amount of back end things on the store. It was like payroll or you know maintenance, whatever. Sam kept his full time job at the beginning for the first few years because it just didn't make sense. I was able to kind of oversee everything. The business was so small, um, and then you know quickly became about like opening new locations, like learning how to do construction. Um, and you know we hired store managers, so I wasn't you know managing the store stores. I guess we had like a couple at that point. Um, you know, so that looked very different. I knew nothing about construction. 
Um, and then it really became about growing the brand. We added in sugaring. So that was like a whole new thing. And eventually it became about, you know, do we want to find uh, private equity partners? And it became sort of about building those relationships and learning how to navigate that you know, space, which was very foreign to us at the time. It, it, there's been times, you know, where we've dealt with lawsuits and we've learned, you know, how to deal with that. So no two days are often the same, which is great because, you know, it's not, it, it never gets boring, but there are, you know, there are definitely a lot of challenging times because everything, you know, typically feels pretty new as you continue to push forward. And yeah, funny story. Oh my gosh, there's been... <laughs> I feel like every woman and maybe guys too have a spray tan horror story or funny story with a spray tanning experience. So like I had a girlfriend years ago and she was practicing learning how to spray tan and she was like, well, you, can you please model for me? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like I want you to be able, you need, everybody needs to learn. So I was her guinea pig and I looked like a spalachi oompa loompa i had an event i had to go to the next day it was so bad she felt awful but i'm there for her i was i'm happy i was able to help her that was very generous of you i had some girlfriends do the same for me when i was learning that i'm sure had subpar tans but i and i'm still willing to lend myself to anyone who's training i typically not i try not to take up a regular spot at one of our stores. I try to book a training appointment and people are always so terrified that it's me, which is so strange. Cause like to me, I'm like, I'm the best person to mess up on in my eyes because I big boss, I would be so <laughs> nervous to tan you too. I, I relate to that. I, I mean, I hope that I calm people's nerves because truly like if you mess up on me, I'm not a paying client and I probably know exactly what went wrong. So I can like, sometimes the client might be like, yeah, well, this is messed up and my sugar impairment on my tan, but they can't tell you how to fix it. You know, you have to kind of like find your way back to the trainer to talk about it. And like, I'm like, oh, well, here's what's wrong. Here's how you fix it. And then they probably won't ever make that mistake again. So I, I hope I don't intimidate people too much because I still, I like to be that person, you know, however I can get in the stores and help, you know, with my busy schedule, I like to be able to still do that. When or how often do you actually go in and do any of the tanning or are you more back end right now? Obviously you're the big boss. So I don't imagine you in doing too many of those kinds of things, but do you still do those things? I mean, yeah, it's obviously not really feasible for me to go in and, and, and take clients and whatnot. Although I really, I, I think it's important for everyone in our business to spend some time in the stores every now and then just as a refresher. Like I never want like an ivory tower sort of situation. Like our stores are the most important thing and everyone on the back end is really there to support the stores. So if you have a big disconnect from the stores, like what, are, what are you doing? You know what I mean? But um, no, I mean like our Austin grand opening party, um, I was there basically, you know, talking to a lot of people that were coming in, but I also was like, Oh, like the receptionist was really busy with whatever. And I was like jumping in on reception. And, and then my cousin ended up, who lives in Austin, like in a room and no one knew what client it was. And I was like, I'll go take that client. And it was going to be my first spray tan of the reception party or sorry, uh, opening party. And I like went in the room and it was my cousin. I was like laughing. I was like, of course, this is the one. I knew that she'd been there, but I didn't know that she just like let herself into a room. And she was, you know, feeling very at home, obviously. <laughs> that is, that's incredible. So I did spray her. And yeah. I do spray, like, fellow coworkers, too, you know, especially if we're trying out new machines, like making a solution adjustment or something like that. So it's like riding a bike, though. You just never forget. 
Oh yeah, totally. So how, how did you guys end up deciding on what new store locations you would have and how did you end up choosing Austin? Like obviously Austin is a growing city and mm-hmm. I think that might be part of the appeal, but tell me about your thought process there. Yeah. I mean, every day that's still a discussion with so many new stores on the horizon, but you know, we kind of look at a few things. I mean, there's obviously what we can handle in terms of our current operations. Like we, if we just did like five new cities next year, that would stretch us really thin um, and wouldn't make a ton of sense, even though there might be five, I mean, there definitely are five cities that we haven't entered that we'd love to enter. Right. So we kind of have to look at like, how many do we want to do in existing markets versus opening new markets we look at like the cost of construction, like in New York, it tends to be quite a bit more expensive. Although these days it just feels expensive in general. Um, we take a look at that. We take a look at, you know, demographics. Um, also like we can look at where like all of our clients from all time have come from and a lot, you know, LA and New York, a lot of people are traveling from other cities. So we can look at just like actually where they live. Um, and you know, if there's a cluster, which there was definitely in Texas, you know, we, we knew it made so much sense to, to open there. There were just so many stars that were aligned. And we first did the Dallas pop-up in the pandemic because we were about to sign a lease for just a full Dallas store when then COVID hit. So we kind of backed mm-hmm. off and, you know, we were closed for so long. So we did a pop-up and then we um, wanted to, you know, build a full store. And we are, we have two coming soon in early 2023. It feels funny to say, but Austin just had ended yeah. up beating Dallas. So, you know, it's kind of, you, you sign all these leases and you do construction and then there's certain delays that are, you know, so you never really know exactly how they'll time out, but yeah. So Austin kind of beat Dallas when it came to our first full like Texas location. And did bachelorette parties have any influence on in that decision too, because this is such a hot spot for that. I mean, with bachelorette parties, I, I often assume that they're getting sprayed probably before they go. Mm-hmm. So like if they're local to Austin, that's great, but you know, no, I mean, I think it just says a lot about the city in general, like, you know, that people are there enjoying it. Like it's such a hot bachelorette party spot. I think it just shows also that a lot of people want to be there. And, you know, we lost a lot of people in LA to Austin over the pandemic, which, you know, that too spoke to us. We're like, so many of our clients have now moved to Austin. I can so vouch for that because I feel like when I go out and meet people, nobody is from Austin. Like Mm -hmm. I'm originally from California. Most of the people are from California, New York, like they are all, all moving here and it's really fun, Mm -hmm. but it's getting more expensive and it's, it's getting really, really dense in population and that's Mm -hmm. awesome, but it's good for, you know, the economy and for businesses like yours, because we all want to look good. We all want to get our hair done, get our spray tans. And I think you guys honestly couldn't have picked a better city. I'm a little Bias, a little but, bias, but I agree. I think it's going to be great. I'm so, so excited. I've already bragged to my friends about it and they're really, really stoked for it too. Do you feel like seasonally your business is affected? Has your business been more successful in California versus New York because of the weather or because of like winter, people are getting more because of holiday parties and things like that? Yeah. You know, I mean, for sure, there's a bit of seasonality, more with tanning than sugaring. And it is what, I mean... It's funny because Sam, my my husband, always thought in college or when I would get a spray tan before spring break, let's say, he's like, why are you getting it before spring break? And I'm like, because I'm going to be in a bathing suit. You know, like at times your skin is exposed is when 
you really want to go. And he always thought like the slow season would be in the summer. And I was like, no, like I just, I, I know what's up when it comes to these things. Just listen to me. And it, of course, I mean, of course I was right. But so yes, I mean, we do see a pop in tanning, especially starting really in the spring because people have been inside more for the past several months. And it's like the festivals, the, you know, spring break, all that kind of stuff. Bachelorette kind of season starts. Um, so that's a big driver, just everything, weddings. And then, you know, continues through really Labor Day. And then, of course, we have times in the winter where, yes, holiday parties and people are in shorter skirts and whatnot. But when it comes to, like, New York and L.A., yes, New York, again, has its seasonality. But just there's so many people in New York that there's so many people traveling to, like, the Caribbean, whatever, that the winter still, you know, feels busy. Like, not as busy as the summer, but there's just so many people that it doesn't matter. I do want to say with all this spray tan talk. I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I'm so pasty right now. I definitely need to get some extra color. Uh, again, really looking forward to my appointment. Given your industry and where you guys started, LA and New York, have you gotten the opportunity? I'm so curious. I'm nosy. Have you gotten the opportunity to tan or sugar any big influencers or celebrities? Are you allowed to talk about that? Um, yeah. I mean, yes, there's, yes, there's celebrities and influencers that come in all the time. I, I don't know, like off the top of my head, who's like comfortable with me, like name dropping or not, but I know that if you Google us, like there's been some us weekly mentions of like, so-and-so saw so-and-so coming out of whatever store. And there's been a little bit of like the scene and heard in us weekly. So some of it's like on the internet, depending on I don't know who drops those pieces of information to those like gossip slides, but there's a little bit of that. Side of sugared and bronze, like waiting. I don't know. I think it's just like LA, like people, someone just sees someone, someone knows someone who works at a magazine or whatever, and, or takes a picture. Um, You know, celebrities are always like kind of being noticed, but yes, I mean, I would say it's pretty frequent in, in LA and New York to be honest. Um, Influencers, I I, am sure as well. I mean, I know that we have influencers come in, but I feel like they don't get as much uh, like pushed up the the discord chain of like, oh my God, yes, we just came in, you know, depending, but sometimes depending on who it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, That's so cool. Obviously. Yeah. In those hot cities, you're going to have those interactions. Have any of them, you don't have to name names, but have you had any like bad experiences with them or is everybody pretty nice? You know, I will say a sort of generalized statement because it won't name anyone specifically. I find A-listers and B-listers even to be incredibly nice. Like they've, I mean, I'm sure that there's been moments maybe that I'm not aware of where someone hasn't had been having their best day, but I have often found those people to be shockingly nice. Um, I would say like... (laughs) D-list or, or maybe, I don't even know how you categorize celebrities, but uh, some people who are like maybe a little bit has-been or not as well-known, they think they're <laughs> huge and they've often been the ones to be more diva-esque, if you will, which I just find so funny. Like it's like at any stage in life, like don't you just want to be humble and kind? Um, I understand that people have bad days and like fine, but that's a pretty... It's a generalized statement, but I find it to be true. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Because even when I used to live in Santa Monica, I had like some interactions with celebs here and there. And it seemed like the bigger the celebrity, the nicer they were. And the smaller the celebrity, the more 
off-putting they were. And so yeah. it's, you, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that. So that's, that's really cool though with the industry and you get to have those interactions with people and it's nice. It's a nice surprise when they are nice and you don't expect them to be. Yeah, no, most, most are. I And most of our clients are nice, honestly, but you know, it's like, yeah, it's people. You always get some like crazy story, crazy situation where you're like, I don't know what is going on, but <laughs> like, this is a wild day. Yeah. Well, congrats too about being in Us Weekly. Have you guys been featured in any other big news outlets or anything that come off the top of your head? Yeah. Um, we were just in, I think people magazines gift guide and, you know, we've had some stuff in, in brides and Vogue and refinery 29. These days it's so great that there's so much digital, you know, it's not like back in the day where you really had to, you know, wait to be in a print magazine that took months and months, you know, these, and, and it's funny when we are in a print magazine now, it almost, I mean, usually they end up putting it online anyway, but it's like the, the SEO, the backlinks almost matter more than the print reader is like, it's, it's hard because you don't even really know how many people saw it. You kind of, you can find out like how many copies they maybe sold or went to print. I don't even know. Cause I don't look into that that much, but when it comes to being on an online publication, you get like, you know, stats like right away. And you also to how many people clicked on that and went to your website. So these days I, I find that more valuable. Yeah. I've never thought about it from that perspective. And that's such a smart way to look at it. It's more tangible to see the results from digital versus mm -hmm. print. Yeah. See, I'm like, Oh, it's so cool. If you're in print and it is cool. Like to see it, it is in paper, but when it's, you know, from a business perspective, it probably is more valuable long-term in today's age to have that online presence be stronger. Yeah. Have you guys played around with influencer marketing yet? And like, how has, how has that been for you guys? Yeah. You know, I mean, we always talk about how we want to do more with it. Um, cause it is such a, you know, huge part of the beauty industry at this point. I mean, for so long and still a lot of what's going, you know, going on in the present moment is inbound and kind of us responding to that just because, you know, we have done outreach, especially if like we're in a new city or something, you know, and we want to sort of, you know, create buzz and excitement. We definitely do that. But it's hard because there are so many great influencers that we'd love to come in to kind of really, you know, someone would have to dedicate a lot of time to doing outbound. And, and I want to do more of it, especially with e-commerce. Um, but at the moment, we kind of, you know, we have something on our website. And if someone wants to come in, they sort of like fill out the form, their stats, someone on our team reviews it. And then if we feel like they're a good fit, then we kind of coordinate with them to have them come in um, or sometimes send them product, which is great. I mean, we love having influencers in. I was so excited. I received a big package from your team with all the products. I'm obsessed. Like the mousse, all, honestly, all of it is, is to die for. Okay. Are you guys really excited about like your D to C? What's your, what are you envisioning long-term with that? Or is it mostly going to be in store selling those kinds of products? No, I mean, great question. I'm so glad you got a box. Um, yeah, oh. yeah, we, we do want to do more when it comes to product. Um, we really like hire, we hired an amazing director of product a couple months ago. So she's been really able to like focus her time solely on it, which is really exciting. And she has a lot of great experience. So, you know, right now we are only in store and, you know, D2C on our website, but we, you know, at some point it might make sense to be, in third-party retailers, uh, we, we'll be on Amazon soon for at least a few products. 
which I'm excited about. Us girlies love Amazon. So that's it's so be- easy. Like everyone has to be on Amazon. And I feel like there used to be like a stigma where it's like, oh, you had to be in like Sephora or Ulta or like, you know, and then it was kind of like, oh, maybe Target for some things. And Amazon really just like squashes a lot of that. Like you can be in Walmart, you can be, it doesn't matter. And Amazon, I feel like it's all encompassing. Everyone wants to get everything on Amazon, whether it's their most high-end beauty product or a drugstore brand. Like I, or at least I feel that way. So I think it's really nice not having to work with a huge third-party retailer where you have like certain minimums. I mean, of course, Amazon has certain, you know, guidelines and uh, right. especially if you want to be on prime, but not in the way that like the commitment takes to, to enter Sephora, which we're like, not, we wouldn't be ready for at the moment. So I'm really excited about being able to be on Amazon and getting some exposure really to some markets where we're not located, you know, because I think a lot of times, you know, if you're in Austin or LA, you know, you can come to our website and place an order, but if you're, you know, maybe in Houston at this point, you don't, you don't know about us. Right. No, that makes so much sense. From a consumer perspective, the idea of you guys being on Amazon is super, super exciting. I'm the same way. I prefer, I prefer to get all my products from Amazon, whether they're sold in Sephora or Ulta or Target. If it's on Amazon, that's how I'm going to order it. So I think yep. business perspective, it's going to be awesome for you and awesome for, for buyers. What would you say has been the most challenging part of growing your business and what advice would you have for women who are trying to start their own businesses? Oh gosh, challenging. Well, it's always challenging. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think really just being okay in the unknown. And I don't mean like, you don't always have to thrive in the unknown, but being able to like survive in it and, and really, you know, being okay with always feeling like you could do better, like you could learn something more, like this is a little outside your box, finding some comfort in that space. Like I remember when, uh, when COVID first hit and we were on a call with our private equity firm and a couple of our board members. And one of them is Joey Gonzalez from Barry's Bootcamp. And, you know, he's so great. And Barry's is such an amazing brand and business. And, and he was like, you know, everyone in private equity was, equity was, obviously and explainably very stressed about the situation. And Joey was kind of like, you know, for us entrepreneurs, like we're always kind of like living in the discomfort. So for us, this like doesn't feel that uncomfortable. It's just like yet another thing we haven't encountered before. And uh, I really, I really liked how he said it because I was like, oh, that's so true. Because there was like a certain amount of like, oh my God, this sucks. We've never thought about being closed. Like we've never experienced a pandemic, but also on some level, there was like, well, I mean, this is kind of like any other day where we just don't know how to handle this, but we're going to figure it out. What a comforting mindset to have too. I mean, perspective for him to give you guys. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, you're like, I had to wear all these different hats. And once I knew how to do something, it was on to the next. And it seems like you're always just in a little bit of a space of unknown and learning. And I think if you're starting out in business, that's kind of what you have to be comfortable with is being uncomfortable. Totally. And I mean, I think in terms of advice, like I see the biggest challenge being people just getting started, like earning that first dollar seems like there seems to be so many smart people with so many great business ideas that just get held up in the like planning mode or they're scared or which is understandable, right? Like it's like scary. The older you get, the more established you are in your career. 
you know, how expensive it is to start the business and whatnot. But the people who just start going often just keep going. So I would say like ideas are cheap. You know, you can think about it for a while and make a plan and be sensible. But if you find yourself like living in Excel models and business plans and PowerPoints, you know, maybe it's not for you. Like you probably make a rock star employee and that doesn't mean you're any less than. It just, it's like entrepreneurs sometimes are the worst employees. Like, so we need all types of people to go around. But I think that don't force it. If it's like, if it's not happening for you and you just continue to ruminate on it and, and build examples and like, you know, imaginary situations and yeah, like maybe just find a great startup if you love that startup mentality and go work with a founder. That, you know, could be the answer for some people. But other people were like, no, I want to do this. I'm like, great, just do it then. I love that. I feel like you're very honest and I am <laughs> here for it. And that's that's so good. Awesome advice. Put yourself out there, take the risk. And if you just are pushing it off, that's pretty telling. Your business isn't going to be successful if you push off things already at the very beginning. So couldn't couldn't agree more. My next question for you is a little more fun, in my opinion. So do you know what a starter pack is? Like uh like a like on those memes. Yeah. Yeah. Pack? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you had to create a modern businesswoman Courtney Claghorn starter pack, what would you put in yours? So for oh me, God. I would put like my podcast mic, my Pomeranian, my hair extensions, my iPhone, my leggings, and my passports. What would you put in yours? Oh my gosh, for an entrepreneur starter pack. Um I would put a gift certificate to get an IV because <laughs> you're going to need all the B12 energy and hydration you can get. Um, I would put in uh, some under eye concealer because <laughs> you're going to be stressed and not have a lot of sleep at times. And which um, one do you recommend? Do you have a favorite? Oh my God. I have so many because like my dark circles are my Achilles heel. Oh, I don't know what I'm like, using at the oh. moment. Like five of them, I think I use. But oh gosh, what else would I put in my starter pack? Maybe a bottle of wine. Uh, <laughs> just necessity. For, you know, you never know. Yeah. Um, I would put in there maybe like I have the book Zero to One. I think that's a good book for people like getting I started. That I am going to look into that. Awesome. Yeah, that and. And I think, uh, I don't know, did we cover, I feel like the wine is play hard. I don't know. Like I think a work hard, play hard mentality is what kind of I'm after for my starter pack on the fly. I love it. And day to day, what do you normally wear? Are you business attire? Or are you more comfy? Casual? Hard, no. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, I've been like rocking the work from home look for a long time now. No. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I'm in. I'm in yoga clothes a lot. Like it even started from when I was spray tanning people in the store because I realized very quickly it was like working out all day. And so I needed to be in something that I could like easily get warm and just run around all day in. And then once I like, cause I was wearing like business casual at my job and then I like, you know, obviously left my job and started the business. And I was like, why would I go back to business casual? Like it, you know, and of course, like if I have in-person meetings or, or whatnot, you know, I'm not in like, my yoga plants, but I still am not in business casual very often. Maybe like a board meeting. I like right. step it up a little bit, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I love to dress up for like, you know, personal type events, but work, it just feels like a little, 
fake sometimes. Like, I don't know, what is this for? What are we dressing up for? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you find the fun in it, cool. Like you do you, but um, it's funny how much that's changed. Like even pre-pandemic, like I, my, my brother-in-law like works at EY and he was, I think when he was in Manhattan, he was like in like business professional every day. And then he like moved to LA and it became like more casual. And then like, they like then allowed jeans on Fridays or something like that. And then I think, you know, now a large, a lot of them are working from home, but like even watching that happen in my post-college era, like is wild. Like I feel like very few people like wear suits these days. And if you went back like 20, 30, 30 years ago, like everyone was in business. Yes. Everybody was. I am so grateful that we don't have to wear pencil skirts and blazers. Thank God. I prefer my leggings and, and pullovers. Actually, I'm wearing a nicer top for you for this interview, but yeah, like a, I have like a sweater on instead of like a, a sports bra. You're welcome. I'm wearing, I'm wearing comfy pants. Yeah, I have a real bra now, so I'm really stepping it up. Same, uh, same. My last question for you is what's next for you and what's next for Sugared and Bronze? Oh gosh. Uh, I mean, next for me is really just, I mean, really figuring out, I think, how my role is evolving, you know, it's really become a lot more about management instead of doing, which is an interesting shift and like how to still manage my time and be a value add to the company. It's really strange because I'm used to really just doing a lot. And now I'm in a lot of meetings and I can't say like, Oh, I'll do that after the meeting. Like I have to like let someone else do it because it will never happen because I'm going on to another meeting. So figuring that out is kind of what's next for me at, at, as it has been like a couple year process. And then um, for Sugar and Bronze, we are opening quite a few more locations. I, you know, I think we'll do, I don't want to put a number on it because we don't hit it next year, but several new locations. Manifest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll be in two in Dallas. Uh, we have a couple more coming up in New York City, probably another Southern California location. We have a Newport Beach relocation, which I'm very excited about. And then we, I think our next city will be Houston. And do you yeah. attend every opening too? Yeah. You know, I've missed like, I think one, but just because of schedule conflicts, but yeah, no, I, I really, right now it's still attainable for me to be at the openings, you know, as we like maybe step up our cadence in like 2024, you know, we'll see how that all plays out if we have like two in one day, but we're not, we're not there quite yet. We're really aiming for one a month. Well, congrats. Bright future ahead. I'm so excited for you and I'm really, really excited to go in. I'll post about it. Of course. Amazing. Um, at Kimberly Cobb, if you guys are listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube, you guys know how to find me. But thanks so much again for joining me today. I had so much fun. I hope you did too. You're an inspiration and it's really cool to see, you know, you say it's the Botox, but somebody so young, so accomplished, it's really inspirational. And I think people are going to be really excited to, to hear from you. For anyone who wants more information about yourself or sugared or bronzed, where can I direct them to? Yeah. I mean, our website, sugaredandbronzed.com. The and is spelled out for that. And our Instagram, we're just at sugaredandbronzed and I'm at Courtney Claghorn. It's very phonetic. But yeah, you can find us there and anywhere else you need to find us. I'm sure there'll be a link from one of those places to where you need to go. Awesome. And I'll link everything in the description of this podcast episode as well. But thanks again so much. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Stay in touch. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye.